You were saying you got 15-minute limit on Twitter and Facebook app on your phone? Yes. Um, well, Twitter and Instagram. Right. Facebook, I never check anyways. <laughs> um, that is a lot. I mean, a lot, not a lot of time. That's, that's a, lot of, a lot of restriction. Um, let's see. I have screen time today. Today, I have 41 minutes in TweetBot. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So that's almost math. Four times that? Dang. Yeah, I just... I wanted to try out um, the new screen time feature, and I felt that I had to give it, like, a real try, you know? Um, And so, yeah, like, I've just... You know, my problem is I browse Twitter and Instagram a lot, um, but then Mm. when I'm done... Um, I've like I never I never remembered anything. I was just like I've just been browsing for like half hour, and then just like I don't remember anything, right? What? Uh, and or maybe there's like one or two things that were like relevant. You don't do that. You huh. never do that. Where you're like you're browsing through Twitter, and it's like oh okay whatever. Like this person's complaining about this thing, or like oh like there's just like wasn't anything that was or okay I should say like there was some interesting things. But like drowned out in a lot of kind of less relevant stuff. Sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I get that feeling like maybe I just read through a hundred tweets, and by the end, it's like, ugh, Twitter. Right. Like, why did I even do that for? But I never like I never forget what did I just. Well, read. it's not forget, but it's like it's just I read about it, but like it's there's nothing that catches my attention really. Mm-hmm. Um. Whereas, like, what I find is, like, more kind of active, sort of, you go on Twitter and you're like, oh, like, this is interesting. Oh, this new announcement. Oh, learning about this thing. Like, this is the kind of um, of, of Twitter experience that I want to have. Um, so, yeah, I set a 15-minute uh, timer uh, or, like, limit for these two apps. So, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and I use TweetBot, obviously, so not the official Twitter app. Um, and honestly, I don't like most days. I don't feel like I need more time. <laughs> uh, really? It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, what I've done. So in combination with that is, um, on the, tw- the Tweetbot app, I have a list with some key people mm. that are like the best of list. Um, <laughs> which is I, this list public? Uh, it might be. Actually, oh, okay. before we share it, I might need to look at who's on it. Um, wow, there's a very short amount of people. Um, yeah, and I don't even know. Like, there might be some people that I kick off this list or people I need to add. I don't know, but it's not personal, people. It's not personal. Uh, it's not personal. But, um, yeah. So it's. Uh, I don't know. I feel like so far that's pretty good. So this is the list I check okay. the most. So I will basically go and read through that list. Um, and most of the time, like, if there's nothing else on that, then I'll just, like, leave the app. But what mm-hmm. I like about having a time limit, and your li- limit might not be, like, 15 minutes. It might be 30, or it might be, might be even more than that. But what I like about having any limit is that whenever I go inside TweetBot, I can feel, like, I can see the countdown, like, just going down and being like, Okay, am I like making the most of this short amount of time that I have in this app? So sounds stressful. So man. my radar for bullshit is like 
very, very low. So like when I see someone who's like wasting my time, like with their, their tweets that I'm not interested <laughs> in, it's like unfollow, like you're out, like gone. Um, and it also makes me like, sometimes I'm just like, okay, yeah, Twitter's not very interesting. And then my app like shuts down. Um, what's cool about it too is like, honestly, most days, like I do go over the limit. Like I, the, I get the screen with like the little like sand thing that like turns around mm-hmm. um, uh, and then it blanks out my entire screen. And I, I really try my best to not kind of overwrite it because you can pretty easily overwrite it. And I feel like that's one of my complaints about screen time on iOS is it is too easy to override. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But anyways, um, so I tried to to respect it. Um, so usually that means that um, like later in the, the, the evening, I'll have both Instagram and TweetBot grayed out on my phone. <laughs> and they're just not accessible anymore. Um, and so I'll frequently open my phone and be like, oh, I want to check what's on Twitter. And see like, oh, God damn it. The app's closed for the day. Um, so oh, but it's not. So, so I'm like, mm, what can I do? And then so I then like go and like either read a book or do something else. So I'm not there yet, man. I just feel like, you know, the first step is to admit that I have a problem. I don't think right. I have a problem. And maybe 40 minutes of Tweetbot today is insane. And that's a lot. And I should reduce it. Maybe. But I'm not there yet. And, and so adding that thing, that stress level in my life, I'm not, like, I'm not ready to even commit or try to solve this problem that I don't believe I have. Um, but, like, uh, Deborah here, she she... She created a lot of limits for a lot of most of apps. I think it's like it's not a time limit. It's like a up from this time of the day, like let's say 10 p.m. or whatever, gray out like most of the apps actually. Mm. Um, and that like including weekends, she just needs to tweak those settings because what happens is like it's not that she won't use her phone. It's just like she always she's always opening the app and saying yeah more time yeah whatever like overriding <laughs> the thing, and that's just like creating more. <laughs> more work for yourself yeah. to use your phone um i don't know yeah I'm, again not there yet i'm i'm curious how like people listening to this i would love to hear uh what are your limits like you know what what kind of limits uh is it time-based or how much time do you allow yourself to use social networking or whatever um yeah because dude 15 minutes for t- tweetbot that sounds very severe I'm telling again, you, I told you, I, I had 41 minutes, and I read a lot of it uh, of Twitter on my Mac today. So it's not, you know, right? I yeah, I can read through my timeline. So one thing, like for the most part, it works pretty well. Uh, the mm-hmm. one downside is whenever you're reading things. <laughs> so yeah, um, if I read an article, like I've, like I've tweets? I just noticed, <laughs> no, 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 but I just noticed that I have this new habit right. now that like. If I tap in and I see like, oh, that's an interesting article. Like Gruber had an article on the uh, 10R. Um, open Safari. Open in Safari. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah, otherwise yeah. It, it like <laughs> runs all my time. And actually one feature that I would love if they they had what is it, would be to basically like add more time to my session. Or like, maybe right, count like if you have a Safari view controller, count that as Safari. Yeah. Or count that as Safari. Yeah. Apparently. Right. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Interesting. Well, uh, listeners, let us know what your limits are. This was not even in the notes. We yeah. just started. Actually, I think this is sort of an interesting topic. Um, like, 
Self-control? <laughs> well, in a sense, yeah. But also, I've just, I feel like I have more and more in this, this feeling, um, like over the last few months of, I have this feeling of being overwhelmed by just the amount of internet that there is. <laughs> um, there's, there's always something that's going on. Like I either reading something on my phone, most likely on Twitter or posting to Instagram or uh, listening to a podcast. Like there's no moment in my life that is silent. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been trying and honestly, like mostly failing at it. Uh, but trying with sort of these time limits and and other things like that to give space for my brain to be bored a little bit um Mm -hmm. and and just kind of take that that like just that time to relax and chill and have like more and new ideas um because i just feel like lately it's just i just you hear other people's ideas over and over um so i don't know I hear you. Uh, yeah, we should talk about this someday. I feel like mostly when I'm like when I'm in the West Coast, I I mentioned this uh, how Twitter or, or the internet works differently because of the different time zone. Uh, I can't keep up with Twitter when I'm on the West Coast for some reason. Maybe it's just because just not my my routine. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I wonder how that also influences and affects. Yeah, I mean, consume the internet. Well, when you're when you're in Europe, Twitter is useless. Like. <laughs> All the tweets happen at the wrong time. Like it just doesn't doesn't work. But it's not useless. It's async communication. It's like yeah, uh, very you know, async. It's fine. It's fine. It's not. It's not urgent. Nothing is urgent. It's fine. Okay, should we get to the show? Let's do it. Um, ten minutes in, we're starting. All right. So for today, we have a bunch, a bunch of follow up. So let's just, you know, let's just get through it. Let's just uh, get it out of the way. And um, let's start with uh, listener Chevy, um, friend of the show, longtime listener Chevy, um, suggested uh, the app Notion. And this was because last week's episode, uh, my recommendation was AI Rider. AI or IA? IA. IA. <laughs> there you go. Always, every single time. Um, and so as my, like, I was, I was... Uh, experimenting with it, using it as, as my effectively like my notes app replacement, and uh, so Chevy suggested Notion. Now I've looked at Notion before, and it looks a very interesting um, product for like collaboration and stuff between like between the team. Um, so just, I never tried it. Um, I remember when it came out, like uh, it created some buzz, uh, and I think it looks great. It looks awesome for collaboration. So maybe like a replacement for github projects or like even dropbox paper maybe um but i personally don't see it as like my personal to-do notes app first it's a web app kind of um doesn't have like a mac app so uh, but it's a very interesting product nonetheless so uh, i'm going to put a link in the show notes so people can check it out um their like their tagline is a uh, write plan collaborate and get organized um like everything in one tool so you know Give it a give it a shot. Uh, give it a look. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I've tried it multiple times. Um, oh, interesting. What because this is one of these tools that is, I think, to me, gets closest to what a real physical notebook is. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can do so many things with a notebook. Like, you can make a little calendar. Or you can like, you can have like all sorts of systems. Um, draw things out, and it's 
it's just like a really functional kind of way of doing things. And most, um, most tools like notes or, uh, IA or AI writer, um, <laughs> it would actually be cool to have an AI writer could just write stuff for me uh <laughs> um most tools like this like impose your very like strict structure for how mm-hmm. your content like would live um and they're not super great at the relationship between things so for example like um if i want to take notes for my one-on-ones well then these notes should be kind of related to one another but like m- maybe i want to see them per person or i want to see them like okay i want to see all the one-on-ones i've had at that time period for example or like things like that like or using it as sort of to-do list manager or something um it's just like those tools just never felt quite right to me and notion like that's the whole point behind this tool is that it integrates like pulls in all that kind of crazy stuff like you want check boxes like perfect like you want like a diagram or a chart or a table with all your stuff and you can do calculations, you can do all sorts of things. So it's super powerful. Um, the one problem for me that I have, and I'm like, I'm typically the person that's, that's like, ah, web apps, like they suck. Um, they do have sort of a wrapper client that is not terrible. Um, but my problem is this app feels like it's designed for someone that is much smarter than I am. <laughs> It's just, I can never figure it out. Like, there's so many options, so many capabilities, so many, like, w- crazy things that it, that it does. Like, you can have, like, cover images and, like, weird, like, Im- like pick emojis and import lists and all sorts of things. I just find that it's, like, there's too much. <laughs> and even if I use like the bare minimum of these features, it's just the fact that all the th- things are there that I don't know how to use just kind of like makes it like an un like makes me uncomfortable using this tool. So, um, I like I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. Like I think it's interesting, and if you are willing to put in the effort into properly learning it, um, I think this can be a game changer in the way that no other tool is is able to do. Um, but for me, it's just, I haven't been able to dedicate enough time or I'm not smart enough to just figure out how everything works. This is actually uh, interesting to to bring to Netlify though, because we, we've been, we started with just paper, uh, Dropbox paper that is, and then, uh, slowly we got, we out, we've outgrown paper, I guess. And then now we're trying, uh, for a while now, but we've been using, uh, Coda. Um, and so, and I'm not a big fan of Coda myself. Um, if I had to, honestly, maybe it's just because I'm offended because it doesn't work in Safari. So, <laughs> like, I, I, I understand. Well, not really. Like, it's, it's so, and this is happening also with Google Meet. It doesn't work in Safari. It's once, once the clicking in the URL becomes broken, like, it's just so, so frustrating. <laughs> like, oh, here's the link, and you click to open. Nope, you have to right click, copy, open Chrome, new tab, paste link. Hit return anyway. So I'm just, now I'm wondering if this could be, uh, you know, an alternative for us. Um, but anyway, I have to I have to give it a look. Uh, another thing that uh, listener Chevy suggested, and I'm really excited about this one, Kevin. So uh, Chevy said said that uh, that you both should do a switch to Android for a week challenge with the Pixel Three, not Excel. That he. He made this disclaimer. Um, that'd be so fun to hear. Now, Chevy, funny you say that. So, 
since for a long, long, long time now, I've always wanted to try Android. I think it's a great OS. Uh, I think I, I'm just, I'm genuinely very curious about a lot of stuff, and I think it has a bunch of cool stuff in it. And I would, lo- and also the Pixel looks amazing device. I would love to try it, uh, but I could never really like make the the jump to switch from iOS to Android. Like that is too big of a commitment, and I'm not dissatis- dissatisfied with iOS. So it's it's just a hard ask, um, and I can't justify. <laughs> um, like to to pay full price for a good android phone for just to try it as like my second phone like it's i can't justify that expense but so so this just gave me an idea um kevin what what do you say we could put up a gofundme page or something like that and listeners could chip in just like a dollar or two or whatever whatever we need uh and then if we can hit the mark, we would get an Android phone or two if we have a lot of listeners, <laughs> uh, like one for each. We would try it for a week. And then by the end of the week, uh, we would have a big special episode on like our experience with Android. And at the end, we would the phone that we got or the phones that we got, we would give it away to one of our listeners. So it's like a give back. So you're, uh, it's not, you're just paying us a phone. It's like you're investing in and a gift for maybe yourself. Who knows? What do you think of this? I definitely want to do this. Like I've I've told people um, before that like I was slash am considering just buying one um, and potentially just returning it after fourteen days, which could be a possibility. But uh, I really like this idea of uh, making it a thing. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Why not? But yeah. do you do you do you realistically think though, like between you and I right here, that enough listeners would give us like would chip in to buy us an Android phone? <laughs> like I know some people would give five bucks, but like we could. Uh, I, don't, I mean, like, we could put in the these rest. phones are Whatever. expensive. <laughs> these phones are expensive. I I think we yeah, get yeah. maybe like if we get a hundred dollars, we're we're lucky. Yeah, we're probably not there yet. So, well, yeah. Want want. It's a great idea. So, let us know. Let us know. If we if we feel the there's enough demand, <laughs> maybe we we'll put this up together. But uh it's a great idea by the way, Chevy. Uh thanks for 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 uh, bringing this up. Right. I I'm going to do something like this one day. But what with about, or without a GoFundMe? What, what's page. the return policy on these Google things? Who knows? I, I don't. Isn't that a country per country uh, law thing? Store. Yeah, there are different laws, but the stores can also have their own rules. Um, you can return an item you bought from the Google Store within 15 calendar days after they received it. Uh, we'll refund the payment method you paid with, minus your original shipping and handling charge and restocking fee if applicable, within 14 business days after Google receives the device. I never return things. It's just a it's just a mess. Restocking fee thirty five dollars. Anyway, I think I'd do it. I, I mean, that seems way easier than setting up a whole campaign <laughs> for this. Just buy it, like use it for uh fourteen days, <laughs> return it, um, and then pay, just pay the 
$35 each time. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do here. Uh, that would be a fun show. Uh, if it's as easy as uh, returning stuff on the Apple Store, it's, the experience was great. Like, Apple Store was so easy. You just click a button. They're like, okay, perfect. Here's your um, return label. Just print it, and you click a button to schedule uh, the UPS person to come and pick it up, and that's it. You don't even have to leave. I doubt that like, works like that in Portugal. They, <laughs> they pick it up for you. Like, <laughs> they just show up, show up at your door, and <laughs> take the thing. Uh, that's really great. All right, moving on. Uh, listener Dimitri um, let us know that what are the reasons we mentioned uh, Patty our favorite uh, sketch plugin ever that uh, lost support uh, for the new update with the new sketch update. Uh, now it doesn't work anymore. And uh, developers like, yeah, I'm done. I can't really work more on this. Um, so apparently the, the, the developer behind that plugin, um, I know his name. I, what was his name? Forgot. Uh, so he won one of the many reasons why he's not working uh, on the uh, plugin anymore is that now he's currently using uh, Figma as his primary design tool. So I can totally see, like, if you're not even using Sketch every day, yeah, you don't want to work <laughs> on a on that big of a plugin for it. But um, I, like, I read this on the announcement post, but totally forgot to mention. So thanks, uh, Dimitri, for, um, you know, for letting us know. And, uh, well, now everyone knows. Any comments? Nope. Should we move on? No, Your Honor. No <laughs> Next. Um, last week, we briefly, uh, well, not briefly, we actually had a good discussion over um, gendered pronouns and how, like, f- from ourselves, you know, me being a Portuguese native speaker and uh, you, Kevin, being a French native speaker, how somehow we can struggle with some of the, the pronouns in English, uh, especially the non-gendered, you know, specific pronouns like uh, and so we we brought that up, like it's how language can really also uh, make this cognitive, you know, dissociation from gender into pronouns a, a bit trickier. And then you brought it up on Twitter also, and so we had a bunch of good feedback over this. And I learned a lot, so I just pulled up a couple tweets, and all this is in the show notes, by the way. Um, so listener Quito, uh, friend of the show, he he told us that in uh, Brazil, so Portuguese, but Brazil variant, um, people started using an X instead of the gender identifier. I think it's pronounced 10. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, um, so anyway, so uh, the, you know, it's the same Portuguese, like the E, uh, Use the the letter E for male and A for uh, female. So, like, you would say like Eli or Ella, and they would try to just replace that letter with an X because it's like X is so you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you had to choose the you know non gendered letter, which letter would you <laughs> would you pick? Right. Um, would you Would you say it like this out loud though? So I'm not Brazilian, but I would read this as. Ilch, ilch, else, else. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of tricky to pronounce actually, because you're 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 replacing a vowel 
with a with a consonant is it's kind of tricky. But so I think <laughs> um, this caused some problems with accessibility software. You know the the screen readers, uh, and that's very interesting, right? How also if you want to make that big of a change technology has to keep up with it for, right in some cases um so i guess that fell through um then uh listener Hank, uh, Ankur, uh we we met him at firmware loop hi yes uh, he also said that there was a movement uh, to have a gender neutral version um in french um but he said that the textbook got banned because you know it's just i can totally see this people will you know will lose their minds if you have to change and do some updates and change on your language um it's very unfortunate but uh, i can totally see this happening unfortunately um more uh the uh, listener daniel said that in uh, swedish um swedish has introduced uh hen in addition to the female hon and the male han i'm probably butchering a pronunciation but so like they they introduced a new um a new like not non-gendered pronoun whatever um it was invented in 1966 and got adopted more widely in the 2000s um and like so nowadays everyone is aware of it in uh, i don't know if you still like if you use it as your primary like your go-to but uh that's good to know you know that's yeah hope that it's super can, awesome and but know, apparently it took like 50 years to get into yeah. like mainstream. But the Swedes always so evolved compared to all of us. <laughs> true, <laughs> kind of frustrating true. to be honest, but it's great. Um, then a friend of the show, uh, Luca, said that in Italian, you can drop the subject and construct your sentence with a genderless, almost abstract approach, which is very interesting. Uh, but he also said that it can get tricky on some occasions uh, where the subject is encapsulated in the verb. So this is very uh, specific, very tricky. I can, you know what? I can see this happening. Um, so he says that uh, in that case, you would have to switch to a different tense. And mm -hmm. apparently Italian has many tense. Um, so <laughs> this is interesting. How It's so interesting uh, to, he to hear about all the different languages and like the specificities and like how they handle similar problems. Like, I don't know. I find that fascinating. And it's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I like would have never thought of language as kind of sort of a design problem. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah, yeah. like in that case it's like okay, if you had to implement language today, like how would you do it? Like <laughs> it's kind of an interesting problem. Um, so yeah, really cool. Very interesting. Um then a uh, friend uh, Helen Helen Tran said that in Vietnamese and by the way, this is like This is amazing. Like, I learned so much <laughs> from this uh, Twitter thread. So, apparently, in Vietnamese, gender pronouns are rarely explicitly said. So, generally, it's noted once in a conversation, like, as a setup. So, you would set up the, the sentence uh, and then never really use gender pronouns. It's just, it was assumed from the setup of the sentence. Um, which also, it's, it's, a very, it's a very strange way to, to see it. It's because it's so, you know, Italian and uh, Spanish and all, like, they're still latin-based uh, languages they all share the same they'll share so a lot of rules right so when you go a bit outside of that it's just wow it's just amazing um yeah we blew some uh, people's minds when we said like everything you know yeah. in portuguese everything has i think uh, i think it was uh, gender. pascal uh silva who yeah 
asks us like do genders have genders too and the answer is yes yeah they totally do <laughs> and and, and <laughs> um, both. unsurprisingly um they they're both masculine <laughs> so <laughs> Oof. all right so there was a lot of uh knowledge <laughs> Uh, that was great. Thank you so much. And if you have more of these, like, yeah, please let us know. As this funny tidbits. Yeah, absolutely. So let us know. Uh, tweet at us. We are at Layout FM, um, or send us a DM if you don't want to. You know, you don't want to do it publicly. Um, this is amazing. Thanks so much for everyone who who, who chime in. Um, okay, uh, Kevin, we're still not done with Adobe XD. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. We have more follow-up. <laughs> and I, I, I want to address this. Listener Mark um, got in touch with us uh, through Mastodon. Um, Mastodon.design. Plug. Um, and so he he was asking, what, what do we think about Adobe XD? Uh, especially now with their new auto-animate and drag uh, gestures uh, features. So he, apparently he's been uh, in tech for more than 30 years now. Um, but only as a product designer for three. And he started with Adobe XD, which is amazing, right? You don't hear that often. Like, I, I sometimes forget that, yeah, some people like Adobe XD was the I first. I mean, some uh, people started tool. with Sketch. <laughs> Crazy. Can you I imagine? Know, right? <laughs> You're younger than me. I don't Youngins. know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, was a, I was a Photoshop kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, so anyway, uh, so he's been using Adobe XD as his daily driver. Um, so of course for him, it's not hard to stick with it. <laughs> mm. Um, and yeah, and he says, he says that it's exciting to see like a lot of new stuff coming from Adobe. Um, so I just, I just want to comment on this cause I don't think we mentioned it on the latest, uh, on last week's episode about this auto animate, um, feature, which is, I don't know if you, did, have you had a chance to see this? Nope. So auto animate is like. It's like a magic move from Keynote, uh, but uh, you know, in Adobe XD. So if you, oh yeah, I think I have seen this actually. If you're creating some sort of animation or transition on something, what you can do is like, um, you can just like duplicate your artboard, right, and then move mm. stuff around, right, and then just uh, create a thing and say auto animate or whatever. Which, by the way, th that's how I make a lot of transitions and animations in Keynote. Just like duplicate, 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 move stuff around, and you, the auto auto animation thing will do its 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 job, and it's a really uh, fast and easy way to iterate and create something cool. Um, and so I never, I haven't tried it in Adobe XD, so I haven't really seen uh, their take on the implementation. But just look, looking at videos, um, I think it's it's a, again like you know it's it's a it's a it's an easy fast way to get something that looks good um, on a screen. I don't know if you want to use that for like production ready animations, right? Um, and also the one complaint I would probably add here um, is that. It creates a it creates a lot of noise, visual noise, because you just have a bunch of duplicated artboard just for one single animation mm -hmm. transition. Uh, especially if you want to do uh, like steps, uh, you know. I think they uh, there's this video. We're gonna put a link in the show notes. It's like a, a official video walkthrough of the feature. Um, and so one example that they use is um, you have a little heart, like the like button. You have a heart icon, and when you tap it, you want it to grow and then you know shrink like a little. Grow, fill, color, and shrink. Right. Um, right. 
when you tap like a like button. And so for that, I think you have like two or three art boards, you know, the initial state, the, you know, scaled up version, and it's the whole new art board, not just the icon. Um, and so it can create a lot of noise visually in the, in the canvas. Um, but, you know, honestly, that wouldn't, that wouldn't uh, make me not use it. Yeah, for small interactions, I think like you can have just like kind of have a small prototype that just is about that interaction um, and then play with a couple variables and then like kind of have that be separate. So like hopefully you don't have like a full like UI kind of built out this way of like (laughs) duplicates of every screen um, like here and there. But um, I think that's something that Framer is missing. Like the ability to just do something really simple, like just that is more than like a, a predefined transition, but like less than going all in and like coding in um in React, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this is cool. All right, thanks, Mark, for uh, for the follow up. Uh, and yeah, I, well, I have one last thing on a follow up, but this is like a tangent, maybe. <laughs> It's just that I finally met a friend of the show, Ricardo, and your coworker, Kevin. Um, he was visiting, uh, you know, he's from Portugal. He was visiting home, I guess. <laughs> um, and we finally had a chance to meet. Uh, by the way, if you haven't checked his uh, newsletter, it's a coffee table typography, and it's still one of my favorite newsletters ever. Um, you should totally subscribe, so we're going to put links in the show notes. If you're into coffee or typography... <laughs> chances are you know from our demographic chances are you are at least in one of these topics uh, you're gonna love it so um and i ran with him he's one of my hashtag runner goals um, yeah he's crazy <laughs> he's a machine yeah. uh yeah and uh unfortunately like i i was it was so frustrating because i was not at my peak you know i'm still injured <laughs> very much so uh but i was like no but i gotta go on a run with you um so we totally did and it was amazing it was great uh, and he is the nicest. So just a quick shout out um, for uh, for being so cool, Ricardo. Hi. Also, Kevin, um, I ran with Ricardo before you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. There you go. Boom. Okay. Kevin, I think we're done with follow-up. We can move on. We did it. We did it. Uh, before we get to our quote-unquote main topic... <laughs> Um, it says here that Kevin's got a question for Rafa. Hmm. Q jingle. This week, Kevin's got a question for Rafa. All right. So I was listening to Do By Friday. Um, I believe it's this week's episode or last week's episode. And they had a really good question um, that I thought I should ask Rafa. Um, so, all right, let me set up this scenario, okay? Okay. Um, okay, so in this scenario, you're being kidnapped, okay? So so someone kidnapped you, um, and somehow you get access and the ability to send one tweet. What is the one thing you would tweet to signal to your followers that you have been kidnapped in a way that your kidnapper won't notice? What do you mean my kidnapper won't notice? <laughs> no, I mean, like, okay, assuming your your kidnapper follows you on Twitter, like, that you you can't say, like, someone kidnapped me, basically. Um, but, but if I tweet 
it would be <laughs> a tell. Like, wait, this guy's tweeting, maybe he's in my trunk or whatever because he's kidnapping me. <laughs> Like, how is he tweeting? You and your logic. <laughs> Just answer the damn question. What is something that like you would never tweet? Oh, that see, someone that's, would immediately okay. tell like, oh my god, Rafa is like being kidnapped. This like, setup is flawed. Uh, or, or okay, okay. Let me like reframe the setup. Your kidnapper asks you to tweet something because they're like okay. people will notice. Like if to Rafa doesn't suspicions. tweet, if right. Rafa doesn't tweet, like people will notice <laughs> that he's gone. So we'll have him tweet something, um, okay. and you can okay. tweet whatever you want, um, but it has to be like "quote unquote" approved. Does this person know knows Portuguese? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, this is a really hard question. What is the one thing that I would never tweet? And if people saw that I tweeted that, they would be like, "Oh no, something is definitely wrong." this he wouldn't do this and also not like stupid that people would assume oh probably someone got a hold of his phone <laughs> so it can't be something silly like haha poops right. or whatever yeah because then people would just assume that you're hanging out with tim and them yeah <laughs> hi tim <laughs> uh pooping <laughs> yeah that was funny um probably like a a weird like Pro Trump thing. Ooh, mm. that's interesting. <laughs> that's a really interesting choice because you're potentially making like damage to your like follower like, base. Well, to yeah. like your follower base, but also like what people think of you. And like, sure, like assuming you get rescued and. <laughs> don't just get kidnapped forever um okay you know what no i'll no that's not my final answer i would say i would tweet something like like how uh creative cloud installer is pretty cool and i'm totally (laughs) loving um like windows updater something like that i switched to windows (laughs) that was mine that was yours (laughs) i'm happy to announce that i'm switching to windows (laughs) Uh, nobody would be. Oh, another service pack update. <laughs> Neat. Something like that. Yeah, maybe. I feel like that's the longest you've ever thought about anything <laughs> on the show. <laughs> that's a real yeah, serious question. This is really tricky. <laughs> I'm thinking like something like, oh, I asked something, I asked Siri something and it worked. Or <laughs> shit, by the way. Totally triggered serious shit. I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, I we know Siri. Um Here's what I found on the web for I'm kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I don't know. Something about a weird downloader on your computer and I would not capitalize the tweet and I would probably have a oh, dash God, instead yeah. of a M dash. Yes, more da- yes, more than anything. No capital letters. And like and and with like a space period or something. Oh, d- double spaces between <laughs> between oh, sentences. Yes, double spaces. Uh hyphen instead of a M dash or something like that. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'm locking my answer something like that. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> I Good. like it. Cool. Cool. Well, I, I would immediately that was, know something's wrong. Thank you, Kevin. 
Thank you. You would have my back. You would save me. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. Now I kind of want to do it just to see. What... <laughs> You'd probably be uh, be depressed that nobody would <sighs> or notice. see any. But you have to. You would have to be real tricky because you'd have to be real careful because if it's too outrageous, then people would assume it's a joke. Right. Yes, yeah, that's, that's so this true. Is, hmm. And is there a way you can like tricky. embed? certain information about where you're located in the tweet. Yeah, you can do like a geotag, right? Well, but assuming the kidnapper is smart enough to not let you Tweet it from Twitter on the web. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. good lasers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all these uh, famous people who, who like send a, a an ad like for the uh, um, Samsung smartphone sent from iPhone. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh that was great thank you uh i will never not think about this now <laughs> we never know okay. when this might come in handy <laughs> <laughs> that's true now all of you know so you're responsible okay if rafa doesn't capitalize his tweets you better call the police it's on, it's on you now who knows with these new you know millennial kidnappers like what would they ask you to do yeah. i'm kidnapping you here tweet something not to raise suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ah, by the way, Millennial Kidnappers, show title. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Should we... So, it's 42 minutes in and we're like, all right, let's get to our main topic. <laughs> um, this, is, this is like a mini topic, okay? This has been on our topic list for so long. Um, and it's more like a, just a casual chat. Um, Kevin, the question is, what would you do if you weren't a designer? This is a great question, right? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you so much. Um, but the thing is we have to set the scene here. So what are the parameters? (laughs) Right, right. So let's set, let's set some ground rules. So you can't say I would be a product designer or or (laughs) like I would be a graphic. So not. Nothing related to designing, uh, really, like uh, for software, like visual design and stuff. Um, uh, and it's saving my my butt because of my answer. Uh, so no visual design, and uh, and also just because we know ourselves, and this would make for a very interesting conversation. Let's say you can't also be just a software developer, right? right. So you can't make. You can't work on software. Can't work on software, and the title can't include design. Ah, no. <laughs> what? No. Uh, maybe. Well, I guess I can. I can just say my answer. Sure. Um, yeah. My answer would be sound design. Mm. I know he has designer in the title, but yeah, it's so feel- different. Nah, I don't know. You would be out in the field recording sounds and like composing weird sound effects and stuff. No, do you, maybe do you I'll give it? you a pass. But like, for example, Thank like you. print designer wouldn't like work. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I feel like my answer <laughs> well, I guess is I boring as, as well. Like, I think I'd probably be an architect because hmm. I'm like super into architecture and stuff. So. That seems like an interesting field. I think it would like definitely not be the profession for me. <laughs> this is like so long to get anything done. So much red tape. 
but yeah. it like the end result of architecture i think is very interesting but i do feel like it it's probably a, a common answer amongst designers interesting my my sister is is studying to to become an architect and it's crazy work like it's, it's right oof. it's a, it's it's fascinating yeah. um that is a, that is an, an interesting one i like of all of the possible answers when i was thinking about this um like i i noticed a pattern with with me which is i i am really interested in how things are made mm-hmm. in a way like the like the behind the scenes right and not just like of course almost well not almost a lot of work is like a lot of jobs is making something right or whatever but it's it's all it's it, i i'm really into the things that people don't think about um like sound design you know it's not something that yeah. people think when you're when you're you know you're watching a star wars movie you don't think yeah but what about the lightsaber or like all the grunts and alien noises or what about like there if there's a starship or whatever in the screen every single scene like every every single sound was human made um you know and, and the the one movie that just got me over the hill and was like okay now i'm sold sound design is amazing was uh this uh i think i'm, I'm sure i mentioned on the show before that uh wally documentary the sound design documentary for wally hmm. um so like you know a pixar movie everything is cgi everything you see is computer uh generated right but almost but also everything you hear is like recorded somewhere and someone you know of course dialogue is it's a bit easier to understand where it's coming from because people just uh reading lines but then uh, you know in a movie like uh, wally in where you know there's not a lot of dialogue it's just it's mostly the robots going you know moving around and doing stuff and all of those sounds is someone in a studio just like making noise <laughs> it's, it's fascinating so anyway uh so things like that things like also like screenwriter and um you know do you remember that tweet that was pretty popular of um the, like behind the scenes of shooting a scene and like all the set is changing and a bunch of actors yeah and, like, crazy scene what's up with that scene because <laughs> like Amazing. i see it uh, but i'm just like but why <laughs> like what's all what that mean, crap that they're moving around didn't you see the end result, the scene that I can I can kind of see it, but I'm having a hard time focusing on the two things at once. Okay, so like the 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 scene was a continuous shot, so there's no cutting. So yeah. one scene, uh, one take, in where the camera is just moving around in like in a circle. Yep. In an apartment, and and the scene represents like time moving forward, so it's like through a long period of time. You can see all the faces, uh, phases uh, in this character's life. I, I haven't seen the show. Just um, so like it started when they're moving to the apartment, and then the camera keeps panning out, panning around, and then you see the characters, you know, the the couple arguing, and then they split up, and then she's sad, and then she whatever, and then she some friends, and then she is pregnant, and then what you know, like the like a lifetime of events summed up in this one single continuous shot. Right, it was okay. amazing, man. That was mind blowing. Yeah, um, cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for all that. <laughs> nice. Um, I saw a documentary a little while ago, um, and I might not be able to find it. And it's, it's not exactly sound design. It's sort of related to that, but it's, um, 
I don't even know if that's the right way to f- say it. So apologies if this is not the, the right way to, to phrase this profession, but um, this sort of like sound capture or something like that, basically like someone who's like, they're not like necessarily designing that sound, but they're just like someone's like, like stepping into water. Like, yeah. like would that be qualified as sound design? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was like a really good documentary about that. That was like, I think it was on Vimeo or something. And um, it was showing like even simple things. I was like, someone like, like just, they're just walking down the street. It's like, nope, someone has to do like those sounds mm-hmm. again. And some things they would think were like super obvious of like how someone would do. Like maybe I forget, like they're like on a boat or something um and it's like you'd think like oh i guess they go and record on kind of a boat and it's like no 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 like they like have like a small scale like way of doing this with like completely (laughs) different things that has nothing to do with a boat (laughs) like um i think you have to be really creative to to do that kind of stuff uh absolutely and like in cameras nowadays um the zooming the zoom you can do with a camera is like crazy right you can you can mm-hmm. be on a helicopter and uh, shooting a action scene in the ground right but like microphones are terrible that technology is terrible at picking up sounds from very far away so i think most people would be shocked uh to learn like how much of the sound that you're you can hear like on a tv show a movie whatever how much of that is like captured while they're shooting the scene Right, right. Um, like it's, it's. I would say, like probably ninety percent of everything you hear was not captured on location, like in the set. Um, it's like everything is added in, and like you said, everything is like is one or two, you know, two person team in a small room with a bunch of shit and like, like chains and all different types of uh, sand and terrain and just like doing all those uh, noises in this small room. Uh, it's not a very very glamorous thing, but you know, like let's let's say um, like a very gory movie, and where someone is chopping off you know people's arms and legs with a <laughs> with a axe or whatever, like a horror movie or something. Mm. Well, now you know Halloween. Hey, um, like all of those sound effects, of course, they're not chopping off you know people's <laughs> uh, limbs. So it's just someone crushing like watermelons and weird <laughs> right. shit yeah. like in a small dark room <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it um fascinating this is fascinating to me yeah no absolutely um if i wasn't an architect i think another thing that it would kind of be into uh, that i would kind of be into um which is maybe like further out uh, further out from design would be uh law <laughs> like i i i think i'd be like interested in being a lawyer um why because i love arguing i love making arguments i love being right <laughs> um, <laughs> and i know oh, but there's, that's the thing by the way i know that it, i know that that's that part is like one percent of a lawyer's job <laughs> and this is why i am not a lawyer um but all the parts that you see what in kind of TV lawyer shows, though? criminal lawyer uh, i like i think i'd be into any like hmm. I, I mean I, it would be either be like criminal or like um 
or corporate. Like, I don't think I would do like family stuff because that just seems like too, it, in a weird way, like too intense for me. Like, it's like <laughs> really well, but putting someone like, too, like, in jail emo- for life. Too well, too emotional, but like in a way that I, just, not that I don't care about, but it's just I either want it to be like real big stakes or. <laughs> <laughs> small stakes or uh real small stakes like the I hit average stuff but <laughs> in between us it seems like not the thing I'd, I'd be good at but right. um but yeah so i think that would be interesting like i honestly i listen to so many tv shows with lawyers in them like there's just like something that like really appeals to me and mm-hmm. in these kinds of things um and to be fair sometimes i go into um some meetings or some stuff like that and i kind of sort of pretend that i'm a lawyer i'm like <laughs> here's like here's my argument <laughs> and, and um yeah like have some strategic questions <laughs> ready to go <laughs> like you know you know the kinds of questions of like do you yes or no like do this and then the person answer like wow. yes thank you <laughs> perfect <laughs> all right working now, with kevin is now intense, that we know this both. then like just setting up that argument um and obviously like i'm being like overly <laughs> like kind of making fun of this like i'm obviously not like trying to beat people over the head with my arguments and stuff at work but um it is like a thing like that really fascinates me of like how can you create a compelling argument that convinces somebody um, is definitely like a thing that I'm curious about and I'm, would like to do. So, yeah. I'm totally picturing you in a meeting and like your PM saying, "All right, so uh, this sprint we're going to be focusing on this one task." And here comes Kevin. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, with a little wig. I, I mean, like I have judge. kind of done that <laughs> before, but nice. that's another story. Um, uh, yeah. So interesting. Interesting uh yeah i'm i'm it, it's funny how that appeal like it has zero appeal to me um especially because lawyers you know you mentioned you like to be right um that's the thing with lawyers like sometimes you have to defend someone who's done terrible stuff but it's your job to defend them and like so anyway i think we can move on uh Cool. So that was fun. Uh, interesting uh, mini topic. Uh, should we do recommendations as per usual before you go? Let's do it. All right. You can you can start us off. Okay. So this is kind of an odd recommendation, and maybe everyone's like, "Duh, Kevin, welcome to 2018." Um, but I recently switched from iBooks over to Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> Rafa's making like, a w- weird face. Um, yeah, I I just don't like iBooks anymore. Like it's just the inner the reading interface is really not great. Um and mm, it's just like the way that iBooks holds your highlights captive it, it just like annoys the hell out of me. Um and the Kindle app doesn't do that. Like you can you can just export all of your uh highlights. And to me, like, that's a really important feature of the app that I use because um, I, I don't know. I see like a bunch of people. I know a bunch of people who um, created like this sort of service that emails them a random highlight every day uh, of books that they've read. And I just think that's so awesome. Um, 
And I kind of want, like, although I haven't set that up yet, like, that's something I definitely want to set up in the future. Um, but even if you do, like, just export, like, a text file of all your highlights, I think that's that's really valuable. Um, and so, yeah, I've kind of, like, given it, given it a chance. And I think it's gotten really good. Like the the obviously like the the list where you get to pick the books, that's still like not great. Um, but the reading experience I find is nicer than iBooks. Uh, why? Because iBooks like insists somehow on on putting the page number on the margins on the side, which like makes it like makes you like your reading experience like a narrow column in the middle of your screen rather than taking up the full width. Like the Kindle app is just like full screen, like wall to wall, like just nice text. Um, it also is like more strict about the formatting. Uh, and I found that in um, iBooks, I often get books that are just like terribly laid out. And like the line height is just like super, like every line is just like super close one to another. Uh, whereas Kindle is just like, nope, this is the standard Kindle like line height and font and everything um so it makes things a lot better there and eliminates a lot of the inconsistencies um some of the issues that i was having with kindle before um like for example having everything be justified have now been fixed um and i don't know how long <laughs> that's been the case but like you can choose like whether you want like left aligned or justified um i think you can even tweak the line height and everything it is really nice. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of a a fan of the Kindle app now. Interesting. I don't read enough to have complaints with iBooks, <laughs> um, but it's fine. I love the update it got on iOS 12. But uh, but it's good to know, like there's a better alternative. For, for me, it's but for... so you you do lose your purchases, right? I mean, I don't lose them. Like, the iBooks app is still there. Right, 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 right. Sure. Um, and I don't typically reread books that often. So, mm. yeah, it hasn't been a problem so far. Um, I do also like the the update that iBooks got um, with iOS 12. But the problem is, like, the one part they didn't update is the part that I'm staring at, like, 99% of the time I'm using this app, which is the <laughs> screen right. I use when I while I'm reading. So I kind of, I made this trade-off, like, Everything around Kindle, other than the reading experience, is not great. But the reading experience, in my opinion, like is superior to iBooks currently, as it is right now. Um, if there are changes, I will obviously revisit this, but I kind of like that. And now I'm also thinking of maybe potentially getting a Kindle at some point. Uh, so we'll see. Look at you. Yeah. Crazy. Welcome to 2006. Or... Yeah. <laughs> well, they nice. just announced a new, like, cheaper Kindle that's uh, that's waterproof. Uh, and oh. I don't know. That seems that seems interesting. Cool. Um, well, uh, for my recommendation, uh, it's a it's an app called Health Fit, and there's links in the show notes. So let me just set the scene uh, real quick. Um, as I mentioned here before, uh, when I go out for a run. Um, I usually use a mix of like the Nike Run app, uh, Nike Run Club app, which is my favorite. And when it comes like on the phone, and it has native integration with my Apple Watch, uh, and yada yada. And honestly, it's my favorite uh, running app in the watch 
um, then Strava is where everyone is. Like all the social aspect is on Strava. So I feel like I have to have my runs in Strava. Um, and that was my current state. So what I would do is I would use track my runs with using Nike and then use an app called RunGap to export it to Strava. That was That's what I was doing for the longest time. Now, with the new watch, it's amazing how none of these apps, neither Nike's or Strava, has updated the apps to take advantage of the the bigger screen and like in or take advantage of the new workouts uh api like the apps are the same and the nike one is ridiculous because they're an official partner with apple like they have a freaking device right <laughs> of branded device how is it possible that they, they're not updated to the new device <laughs> that they have <laughs> it's how how does apple like how does Apple uh, allow this? Like, <laughs> hey, I mean, if you want to be one of two exclusive partners, at least, you know, update your app. Uh, <laughs> and so, and like their software side, it's like, I understand that Nike, you know, software and apps is not their main focus. Uh, they have uh, bigger shoes to fill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Strava is ridiculous. They're a VC-backed company. They have a shit ton of money. They have a big team, and that's what they do. It's the app is a product. How are they not investing in this? It's ridiculous. So with WatchOS five and the new and the new Series four, the native workouts app is actually the best app to track your runs. It's the one that offers you the most data and the most reliable data. Uh, the app now is super fast and reliable. Uh, it offers stuff like uh, some some stats like uh, cadence and stuff that all the other apps could support if they updated their apps, <laughs> but they, they don't at the moment. Um, so when I go out for a run, I you have to use the Workouts app because it's the best one. So long story short, um, Run Gap, the, the app I was using, like it wasn't picking up uh, the runs to convert and share with other services. And so I found this app. That's my recommendation. Uh, sorry for the rant. But like uh, HealthFit is a very, you know, it's it's a very well-designed app. Like it looks better than it, than it has any right to, to look. Because usually <laughs> these apps are like just like, it's just like the app is a wrapper for right. like an API endpoint or something. <laughs> Um, but the app looks really good. Uh, it can automatically track all of your workouts. So it's not just for runs. Um, it supports other services, but I, I only use it to Strava. And so I use the workout app. It detects every single uh, new workout and it offers you know a good dashboard. You can see more info uh, about it. But most importantly, it adds uh, an option to export it to Strava. So you can keep using all the other services, but use the native workouts app on your watch mm. um so that's it uh it's pretty cool it, it could sync automatically but i turned that off because i don't want i want to review the stats and stuff before i share it um so if you can have it notify you that a new run is uh, was detected and then exported so health fit i think it's a i think it's paid actually i think it's like a buck or two but it's 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 worth it. If you want to use this, if it, if this sounds like something you would use, um, a buck or two is, is definitely worth it. Cool. And boom, there it is. Uh, we reached the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Uh, we are at LayoutFM. I am at Vernal Kick. Wow, no, <laughs> I'm totally not. I am at Rafa Hari, and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. 
Uh, we're gonna put links in the show notes. Um, uh, show notes. What is that, Rafa? Show notes is every single episode has a bunch of links. Everything we mentioned, there's links, um, and you can access them by looking at your phone if you're using like a podcast app, uh, or you can visit our website. We also have links there, uh, and that's layout.fm. Uh, and lastly, we are part of the Spec Network. So if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, uh, check them out um, on their website. That's spec.fm. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for it. playing spider-man still well technically yes but i haven't played it since last week (laughs) (laughs) the new dlc the dlc came out today Mm -hmm. so i got back today nice now there's more unlockables more stuff and there's a new storyline about black cat oh that's cool do you have to have completed the main story to be able to like that i am not sure i don't know i don't know i know that you access it um well i don't think you i can't see why you would have to because uh, the way you you play those new missions and stuff is you have to go to the menu and then there's a new tab you know where you have like suits and upgrades and blah 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 right you have a new tab called dlc okay and you effectively start like a new save game on that dlc almost mm-hmm. okay because it has like it has uh, separate uh, trophies and, and unlockables and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, cool. Hopefully, I'll get there. But yeah, I might. I might play a bit more tonight. Um. <laughs> also, Red Dead Redemption Two comes out Ooh. in like two days. I already have taken two days off work. What? <laughs> no. Well. No. Yes and no. So it's not just because of that. It's because um, we're organizing this conference. It's a Jamstack Conf. And so um, everyone in SF and a lot of people are flying in for the conference. And so, like, let's just say, you know, 80% of the Netlify team is not working that day because they're uh, busy at the conference. So it's a great day for, like, not work because <laughs> everyone's out. So I was like, you know what? I'll probably just take those days off. Um, you know, it's a coincidence that it, it overlaps, but, you know when red dead comes out mm-hmm. um so who knows <laughs> but i'm so excited man i'm so excited nice what's uh what's this red dead redemption about <laughs> um so red dead redemption is a game uh, uh made by rockstar have you do you remember rockstar yeah of course i do yeah they they make it a, a grand GTA, Theft Auto. yeah um so so the, it was released originally for the ps2 and Red Dead Redemption is like a Western version of GTA, you know, just mm, okay. like a one-line pitch. Um, and so, and it was, honestly, I don't know why, but there are not a lot of Western uh, video games like set in that, in that period. 
for some reason. How likely but, um, is it that we're going to discover that this is a Westworld spinoff? <laughs> that would be amazing. That'd be cool. Amazing. Not happening though, but uh, yeah. Why not though? I want a Westworld game. That's well, this is want. the closest you're gonna have. But uh, but so like all the detail, and this is this is it. this is an amazing game. It's an amazing game. Um, just check the trailers if you're if this if you're curious. Hmm. Now that they have a PS4, you can actually play all yeah, these games. Crazy, uh, you know? Yeah, give it give it a look. It, it, it you won't regret it. Looks amazing. Hmm. I'll check it out. 